Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Now, we are in the middle of a series. This is week two of Christmas Gift. This is uh, a series that we've been doing uh, last week, this week, and the following two weeks. And um, I, I'm just feeling very festive here. The, the decorations are awesome. They look great here at the um, Friendswood campus. And, and I'm thankful for that. Now, the la- last week, we spoke about the incredible gift of hope, how when Jesus came, he came to bring hope. Uh, today, we're going to talk about peace because as Isaiah said in Isaiah 9 and 6, he is the Prince of Peace. Aren't you thankful for that, that we have one that we can look to who is the Prince of Peace? And I'm going to talk about that next week. We'll be talking about the joy that comes with Christmas. And then finally, the recorded sermon on Sunday morning, Christmas Day, I'm going to be talking about the gift of Jesus and just what Jesus means to each and every one of us. So let's jump into peace today. And there is something that everyone in this room, we want. We all want peace in our life. That's something that we seek for. I've not met many people, if anybody, that, that loved chaos and confusion and war and battle. Most people are seeking from, for some kind of peace. And, and I know that when we look at peace and think about peace, many times we think about it as the lack of conflict or the lack of problems in our life when the reality is that's, that's not really what peace is. I mean, I, I, I drove by a cemetery to get here this morning and, and it looked really peaceful, but nobody wants to go there. You know, that's, that's not a place that, that we want to live. We, it looks peaceful, but it's deceiving because uh, that's not really a place where we want to go to seek peace. I, I read a story several years ago and it was the story of this king and he uh, called together all of the artists in his kingdom. And, and he commissioned them to paint a picture of what their thoughts were of peace. And so there was some beautiful uh, offerings of paintings and sculptures and poems. And, and, and the king went through all of them. And, and he came down to the final two Portraits, and uh, one of them was of this <clears throat> beautiful lake and very tranquil, very crystal clear. You know, one of those um, lakes you see on Instagram, and you instantly put it on your bucket list. That's where I'm traveling. That's where I'm going. And then you find out it's a six-mile hike to get there. And then you say, "Well, let's look for another lake that that maybe isn't quite so calm and tranquil." But you know, the the the, the picture was beautiful, and 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 the artist had made it to where the lake was reflecting the beautiful mountain range that was behind it and the, the skies were blue with just a few very peaceful clouds and, and, and it was just one of those um, beautiful paintings. It was one of this calm paintings, one of those that you look at and think, man, that is just the picture of peace. And, and people thought, surely this is the one 
that the king will choose. There, there's not another painting like it. However, the king had, had seen another painting in the offerings that were there and, and it was something that attracted to him. And, and at first glance, it just seems like, well, that doesn't even make sense because the second picture was of a, a mountain and it wasn't one of those beautiful green mountains. It was one of those very um, rugged mountains. It was a mountain that had a lot of cliffs and a, a, a lot of uh, uh, rocks that were broken. And, 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 and in the sky above the picture, there was a very stormy and uh, threatening uh, sky with lightning bolts. And, and, and coming off of the mountain was a roaring waterfall, which was beautiful, but it's not really very peaceful. It was so loud and uh, but, but the king had noticed something in this second uh, portrait and he, uh, uh, this second painting, he had noticed that behind the waterfall, there was something that seemed out of place. And when he got a little closer to it, he found that it was a, a bird's nest and, and there was a bird that was on the nest and uh, uh, tending to the nest and to the eggs that were underneath it. And, and in that moment, the, the bird and the nest was completely peaceful. And, and it really struck the king that day that even though there was a stormy and threatening rain all around and the terrain was dangerous, that that, that was the picture he chose. And and he gave this uh, explanation. Peace does not mean to be a place where there is no noise, no trouble, or no hard work. Peace means to be in the midst of all of those things and still be calm in your heart. That, that, that was, in the king's way of thinking, the real definition and explanation and meaning of peace. Well... When I read that, I got to thinking about how much that little story goes along with the picture of peace that we see painted throughout the scripture. Throughout the word of God, we see that there are times of great tribulation and there are times that there are trials and there are times that there are troubles. And, and yet we see many of the incredible heroes of our faith walk through those moments with incredible peace in their life. And the promise is also given to us that there is going to be trouble in the world that we live in. There is going to be times of persecution and times of difficulties and, and, and times of um, situations that we don't understand. But the promise that we have and the gift that we receive through Jesus Christ is the promise that even those those even those, though those things happen, he is always with us and he wants to give us peace. Now, now as I said before, everyone wants peace. Even the disciples that followed Jesus, I, I have a feeling that in the back of their mind, that this, was, this was the one that was going to, to bring the peace that they were looking for. This was the one that was finally going to put the Roman Empire under his heel and he was going to be the deliverer. I mean, they walked into Jerusalem in what we refer to as the triumphant entry where, where they came in and the crowds are lining the street and they're singing to Jesus, Hosanna. 
Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and, and there was just such a buzz there. There were people from everywhere. And, and I can just imagine those disciples were so excited about this is the one. We're finally going to be where we need to be. We're going to have the peace. The Romans are going to be gone. Everything's going to be perfect. And uh, guess what? That was not the plan of the Lord. As a matter of fact, that same week, he meets them for dinner in, in what we now refer to as the Last Supper, the upper room. And, and he uh, surprises them uh, by telling them, and, and I'm sure they were expecting to hear maybe some type of strategy or, or some type of good news. And, and he surprises them by telling them that um, he was going to leave them. And... and that they were going to have to take this work that he was doing and they were going to have to carry it on. They were going to have to move forward. And, and he gave them the description there in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 about how the Spirit would come and walk with them and give them power and, and that the Spirit would provide peace of mind and heart and it would be a peace that the world could not give. And these disciples were going to need that kind of peace because they were going to be faced with every type of difficulty that you could imagine. And so as Jesus tells them that he is going to leave them, he also tells them, but don't let your heart be troubled. Everything's going to be all right because I'm going to leave the gift of peace. And the gift of peace that he was going to leave was not just, uh, hey guys, everything's going to be all right. It's good. It was an authentic peace that only comes from God. It was a peace that they would be able to carry in the midst of all of their circumstances. If you, if you have my little note page there, you can take notes and, and, and think about these things as I'm talking about them. It was, it was even peace that they would have in the face of death because the men that he, were talk, that he was talking to, eventually every one of them would have that moment where they had to make the choice to give their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the testimonies that we have of the death of Peter and the death of Thomas and the death of James and other of the disciples is that when that time came, they, they weren't worried, they weren't afraid, they weren't scared, they didn't recant, they didn't say, give me another chance. They had peace in the face of death. And, and really what Jesus was telling them there on that night is, uh, I, I want you to go forth with the peace that I have had in the midst of all of the situations that I have faced and that I'm going to face. This is the example for you to now take this peace and be peacemakers throughout the world. So today for the next few minutes, I would just like for us to consider how Jesus gives that authentic peace to us so that we can carry and share that peace everywhere in the world. Christmas gift of peace. Everybody say peace. Now this is what Jesus told them on that night in John chapter 14 in verse 27, he said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
So the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Again, it it doesn't mean that there is going to be an absence of trouble in your life, guys. I'm just telling you that even in the midst of everything that you're going to, to face, I want you to know that I'm in it. And I'm working in you and some of the troubles that you go through are going to lead to blessings in your life that you don't even understand or you can't even comprehend. And the peace that I leave you is going to be a peace not of just sitting back in an easy chair, but it's going to be a peace of overcoming. It's going to be a peace of conquest. It's going to be a peace of taking ground of understanding that the work that is going on in your life is the work that will bring about your salvation. I I want you to think about the world that we live in. I've I've read uh, several books, read many studies, and, and this is what I have found that in the last decade, there has been an explosion of problems with anxiety. And, and mental health. It, it's been an explosion. I, I've read several books that have tied it to the technology that we have today, the, the lack of time that we have, and the, the, the competition and comparison that we see on, on social media. But I, I, I want you to know that we are living in a world that is gripped with anxiety. The, the news that happens around the world we receive in just a matter of seconds. And, and it's something that I have dealt with as a pastor um, in the last five or six years at a level that I've never experienced before. And, and think about how desirable it would be for us to have the peace that the Lord is speaking about in a world that is caught up in anxiety and worry. Had the peace that God is giving us here in a world that is full of, of problems that are going to happen next. And, and this war and that war. And, and so I'm telling you today that what he said is don't be troubled or afraid but don't, don't, of any pain. Don't, don't be troubled or afraid of, of any persecution uh, uh, don't be uh, troubled or, or complain of any trial that you might be facing. I, I was talking with one of the men in our church just this week. I met him for breakfast and, and he was telling me how um, the man that he works for has, has really persecuted him because he's a Christian. He has done everything that he could to fire him and get rid of him. And, and it's based on the fact that, that the man that is in our church is walking by faith. There's something about it that just rubs him the wrong way. And this, and, and I got to thinking about it. Look, it's, it's horrible that that's going on, but, but isn't that what the Bible tells us is going to happen? And the thing that I was so encouraged by as I was going through this conversation is how the, the man that was saying he had peace and all of that, and he knew that God was in control and he wasn't going to worry about it and that God was the one that was able. He even told the man that he works for, he said, I tell you when I'll leave, it's when God takes me out that door. You're not the one that has the power to do that. And, and, and listen, that's what it's like to know that we can go through situations. I, I want everybody in Friendswood, in Houston, in Leak City to know that we have a friend who never leaves us. We have one that goes with us. We have a peace 
that shall always be with us. And, and my first point today is that when the peace of the Lord comes, it is authentic peace and it comes from Jesus Christ. This is how Paul described it when he writes this beautiful letter to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. What the Lord has done in our life, how he has reconciled us, how he has forgiven us, how he has called us out of darkness. Those things have allowed me to have peace with God. There's peace in my life. And, and, and I was reading this scripture and I had to ask myself the question, what does that really mean? What does peace with God really mean? Well, I think first of all, the peace of God is a peace that no one can understand and no one can explain. If we were able to articulate why this peace is with us, then it would probably be a peace that is created by a situation that we're in instead of a peace that comes from God, a peace that comes in any circumstances. It sure doesn't flow from our emotions. It sure doesn't flow from our events because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes my emotions can run rampant. <laughs> my emotions can be so full of anxiety. So I can't get peace from my emotions. I have to have the peace of God come into my life. Sometimes there are events that take place that, that cause me to be full of worry and, and wondering what the next step is. So I, ca I can't look for an event to help it. It has to be from God. And if I don't have that peace, think about how easy it is for emotions to dictate how I feel. If I don't have that peace that is supernatural in my heart, think about how easy it is to get distressed over things that I have no control over. <laughs> I have no control over what the leader of Russia will do. I have no control over that. But think about how easy it would be to get distressed and full of anxiety about that. If I didn't know who the king of kings was and the one who had my protection at the core of his love for me. A toss by t uh, emotions, a toss by circumstances. And, and, and I think we've all gone through those. Has, has anybody ever gone through a hard time when you didn't know what was going to happen next? Of course we have. And how easy it is to lose our peace in those moments. I, I remember one particular time that was very stressful for me. It was the first uh, church that I pastored. I pastored a church on the southwest side of town in Missouri City. Uh, it was called Life Tabernacle Southwest. And, and it, it was a beautiful congregation. When I took the congregation, uh, we were meeting in this little storefront and and uh, man, it was just, God did something great. He filled the place up. We were overflowing and, and we knew that we had to find a new place for our congregation, but also we had to find a new place because uh, our lease was running out and the, the mall that we were renting from, the strip center, was uh, had already told us that they're no longer going to entertain any type of lease from a church. And so 
I, I was searching and the, the deadline was coming. And as the pastor, you're thinking, man, I've got to get something. I've got to get something. And we looked and we looked and we looked and we looked. And I, I finally came on this space that really was more expensive than we could afford. I, we, we couldn't even think about it. And I remember sitting with the the real estate agent, the leasing agent, and, and uh, talking about it. And he gave me the price. And I said, there, there is absolutely no way we can do that. I, there's no way. Do you have anything else? And he said, no, I, I don't have anything else. Um, but, but I've got a suggestion. And I said, I'm, I'm open for suggestions. And, and the suggestion was, why don't you buy this whole strip center? And I said, wait a minute. I can't afford to pay the lease on this space and you're telling me to buy the whole strip center? He said, sir, if you'll buy this strip center, the positive side of the income from the people that are already leasing here, you'll end up making about $17,000 a month. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And uh, I did something that I never thought I would do. I, I, I bought a strip center and we had all of these um, tenants that I would talk to and Pastor Kilgore, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing great. Where's your check? Thank you very much. Um, and, and, and you know what? God just helped us. But, but I remember in the midst of that time and people coming to me every week, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I, I really felt like, hey, this is the church that God created. Everything is going to be all right. There was another very stressful time in our family's life. And, and that was when my mother became really sick and we knew something was wrong. She couldn't get better. And she went to the doctor and the doctor um, told us that she had lung cancer. I'll never forget our family together in uh, the room. And the doctor comes in and says that she has lung cancer and Mother never smoked. That was not a part of her life. I don't, I don't understand it to this day. But, but I remember us asking the doctor, well, well how, how long? What, what, what are the treatments? And he, he outlined the treatments and he said, uh, you maybe have a year to live. My mother lasted six weeks. But I remember after about the third week going to the hospital, Nancy and I were there. We were praying with her. And um, while it was such a painful moment in our heart, God spoke to me and in the midst of that, probably the biggest storm of my life, he spoke peace and he told me, I I felt that day and I told Nancy as we left the hospital, you know, mom's not going to make it, but it's okay. God's got this and and to have that. And, And I think about how easy it would have been for my emotions to take over, my attitude to take over all of the situations that could have happened and that I've seen happen in people that lost a loved one. And and I'm just thankful that there is an authentic gift that goes beyond the understanding of this world, that goes beyond what we can even comprehend and brings us peace in the midst of the storm. And I think that's the second thing that we need to understand is there's no circumstance that we can face that there won't be the peace of God. That there's nothing that this world can throw against us that can negate what God wants to do in our heart and how God wants to bring us peace. Paul, perhaps one of the greatest letters of joy and, and living in joy 
wrote to the church in Philippi and he says in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considered in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Listen, these are just practical steps. If you want just practical living, then look at verse 4 and 5 and 6. Just just practical things of, of don't worry, choose joy, which is a part of our values here at Life Church. Just to choose joy. Be, be considerate of other people. But then after the Lord has said, after you've done these things, I want to tell you what's going to happen. And verse number 7 is when it goes beyond just being nice to people and goes beyond being considerate and, and goes beyond choosing joy. Paul says in verse number seven, then, everybody say then. Then you will experience God's peace. I'm not going to super charge your peace because even at at the highest level of your peace, you really can't uh, cope with the situations that you're going to go through. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you experience God's peace. And this is the thing about God's peace. It exceeds anything we can understand. That's not my words. That's from the Bible. And it says his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's it's such a precious peace. This this gift that comes through Jesus Christ. It's such a precious gift that, that is intricate as the human mind is and the brain and the way that we can figure and plan and build and strategize and invent and and all of the things that we can do as a man or a woman as mankind we will never be able to understand the gift that comes from God we'll never be able to produce it it's never going to be a part of our ability it's always going to be A gift from God. Aren't you thankful for that gift? Aren't you thankful for that peace? Paul goes on to write in verse 11 and 13. Not that I was ever in need. For I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is a full stomach or empty with Plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. But there's something about his contentment that we need to understand. It's not contentment that comes from him. He, he's explaining it here. It's through Christ. It's, it's the spirit of God. It's, it's not depending on a substitute. And that's what we must have. We must have the peace of Christ. I, I have a little glass here in my hand. And, and do you know what this glass is full of right now? This little cup is full of, it's full of air. And, and the thing that is in this cup is the same thing that is around this cup. And this is how many people try to live their life by just going through life and everything that is around them is also filling them up. They're they're constantly 
binging on the anxiety of the world. They're constantly feasting on the problems of the world and they're talking about it and they're stirring it up and they're, they're paying attention to it. And, 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 and I, I love the example of Jesus Christ. The Romans are occupying. There's all types of turmoil. He completely ignores all of it and just goes on and heals people and preaches and teaches and pays no attention to the turmoil of the world because he knows that greater is his mission than anything that's going on on the outside. Anything that's happening in Israel, anything that's happening in Rome, it it is small and insignificant compared to the work that he is doing as he walks the shores of Galilee and brings about peace. I I can't have the peace if, if the only thing that I have is the world that's in me. If, if the things that are outside of me is the only thing that is in me, then, then I'm not ever going to be able to really have the peace. You know, you know what I have to have? I have to have something inside of me that is greater and more powerful and will force that thing that is of me outside. I need to be full of the spirit of the living God. And what happens when I am full? What happens when I've occupied the interior? I can be content in any situation because the Spirit has given me that contentment and the forces from the outside cannot deter and cannot defeat the Spirit of the Lord that is within. This is what I want to tell you from this. Don't be content with the world. Don't be content with what you have on the world. Know that there has to be a a, a birth of the spirit in your life. That Jesus has to be the king of your life. And when he is full inside of you, then it doesn't matter what you go through. You can be content. They throw Paul in prison in, in uh, Rome and put him uh, around guards, shackled. It seems like it would be a time where he would be like, poor, poor, pitiful me. Why am I going through this? No, he just sits down and writes some of the most important books in the history of Christianity. It's from that jail cell that he says, I've just learned to be content. It doesn't matter where I'm at. He didn't even say, I'm in jail right now, guys. Come on, buck up. You, you need to be stronger. Look what I'm going through. He says, no, guys, listen, I've been full and I've been hungry. I've had a lot and I've had nothing. I've learned with Jesus Christ, I can be content with whatever situation I go through. Let me quickly go on to point number three. Jesus gives us peace with others. Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceable with all. Now, now I know that there are people that just aren't going to allow you to have peace with them. But don't let it start with you. Don't, don't, don't search for trouble. You remember that old Louis Armstrong song, It Takes Two to Tango? And, and I know most of you are saying, who's Louis Armstrong? I don't know. <laughs> just from a guy from the past, just, he, he was awesome. And he sang a song, it takes two to tango. Well, let's just change that up a little bit. It takes two to tangle. It takes two to fight. And you just refuse to tangle. You refuse to fly. I'm not going to be in the midst of the conflict. It doesn't, I'm not going to let it be dependable on me. I'm going to love peace. I'm going to seek peace with people. 
I'm going to seek peace in all that I do. I I am not going to let my attitude get so stirred up that I'm just looking for a fight everywhere I go. (laughs) I'm looking for a a, a confrontation. I'm looking to put somebody in their place. Just learn to to let go. Now, I'm going to tell you, forgive and letting go and seeking peace doesn't always mean reconciliation with people that have hurt you. Sometimes it's not safe for you to go back into relationships. But you know what you can do? Even from a distance, you can release that. Let it go and say that's no longer going to control my life. I've had to do that. I've had to let people go that I know that I could go and talk to or could, but I know that that's not the right thing to do. The right thing for me to do is let them go, forgive them and live my life. I think this is important. I I don't want to run past this because there are a lot of hurts in the world that we're in right now. How many of you know that? Well, let me ask it this way. Is there anybody in the room that's ever been hurt? Of course. And so as we go through those things, We have to determine in our heart, I'm not going to let it control me and I'm going to live in peace. And I'll just say this, if you're having trouble with that, you need to get into a freedom life group in the month of January. We'll be starting our small groups back up. And uh, I think it's important for you to get in that freedom life group so you can deal with those things. February 6th. and if you're interested in one of those small groups and uh, life groups and the freedom group, you need to talk to Pastor Tito after the service. And I know that will be a blessing. Last point, Jesus gives us authentic peace in the face of death. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their life as slaves to the fear of dying. Come on out, team. Um, At every campus, the worship team, come on out. This is what this passage of scripture is saying here. It was by the death of the cross that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. I I know that you know this, but we're going to look at it a little bit different today. It's only by the death of the cross that Jesus spoiled principalities and power and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. I, I think this is a point that I want you to consider today. That Jesus had to battle with and overcome the prince of the power of the world. He, he had to destroy his works. And I want to tell you from the beginning, it's not a fair match. Because on one side, you have the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God that is eternal. And on the other side, you have his fallen creation that he has already once cast out of heaven. It's not a fair match. It's not something that should even be considered. And it's amazing to me that in this battle, 
that Jesus doesn't just speak the word that completely destroys the work of Satan. But you know why he didn't do that? Because he knows we can't do that. He knows that there had to be a way that we would have access to that victory. And he overcame. Not by his omnipotent power. But by displaying the most incredible weakness. He could have called 10,000 angels to set himself free and to destroy the world. Instead, he endured the sufferings and the shame of the cross. Because of the joy that was set before him. The joy of seeing you and I come into that place of victory. He was crucified. The most horrible death that could be thought of by mankind. And in that time, Rome came up with this horrible torture to punish people that were rebellious against the Roman Empire. And the thought was if they're crucified, it will just wipe their name off of history. But when they tried to erase Jesus, he said, the grave cannot hold me. Death cannot hold me. And believe me, the name of Jesus is more well-known than any Caesar, than any governor, than any, any commander of an army. It's greater than the Roman Empire. And thank God that he did. You see, without Christ, we would have a hopeless end. Our end would be nothing but Separation from God would be nothing but the wrath of God. But with Christ, we have the endless hope that no matter what happens, this is one of the reasons why Peter, when they said, we're going to crucify you, said, no, 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 I'm not worthy of that. Because that's how Jesus said, can you do me a favor? Can you crucify me upside down? He wasn't afraid of death. Because he had the peace inside of him that no matter what happens in this life, I will spend eternity with my Savior. Heaven will be my home. And oh, what a day that will be. Will you stand with me at all of the campuses? And I I call the prayer team to the front. For all of the campus pastors, I'm going to finish up here and pray and then turn it to... The worship team here at Friendswood, that will be your time to take your service. What a day that will be. I, I don't, I don't want to just leave you here today with a feeling good that you've got a gift of peace. I, I, I think there are some action items that you need to implement, implement in your life. That there's some things that we need to do. One of the things is Baptism Sunday. <laughs> In all of the campuses, that's one of the things, that's one of the ways we put on Christ. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have the understanding of Christ. I want to have the peace of Jesus. Well, Paul describes it like this. When we come out of the water, we put Jesus on like we're putting on a coat. Baptism is so important. And here at Friendswood, we have somebody that's going to be baptized. If there's anybody else in the congregation... Please come and talk to Pastor Tito as soon as the service is over. Houston, there are people there. Friendswood, there's people there. Let's 
take that call to action for repentance. There is that call to action. I mean, a baptism. There also is just the call of action to repentance. One of the ways that we start walking in harmony with Jesus Christ is we turn away from the things that would separate us from the Lord. Just repent of those things. Turn away and and we just surrender ourselves to Him. So I, I want to pray for you at all of our campuses. And, and at the end of my prayer, the prayer team's here. If you want to come up and you want to ask them to help you pray that prayer of repentance, if you want to ask them to help you pray that prayer of just surrendering your life to the Lord. If you just have a need, you, you, want, a, you want prayer because you've been sick, you've had problems in your marriage, whatever it may be, I, take the time to come and pray today and join with our prayer team as they pray. Let, let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today and we're thankful that you went through all that you went through. You, Lord, fought that fight for our salvation and you did it with peace every step of the way. You were never troubled or distraught. You never gave up. When everyone left you and deserted you, you, O oh Lord, stayed strong and fulfilled the mission that you were here for. And I just pray right now, dear Lord, that on this Sunday morning that each and every one of us would be so hungry to walk in the peace that only you can provide. That we would take whatever step, whatever decision is necessary. If it's our moment, Lord, to bring ourselves to a place of repentance, then, then stir someone and move someone and assure them that that with repentance you will forgive. You will not hold it against us, but you are a just God, quick to forgive, full of compassion. If there's someone here, dear Lord, that is just struggling with things and, and they need to, to make you the Lord of their life, then assure them that you are a benevolent leader and king and Lord and that, that your love for them and patience for them and that you will give them the peace in every situation. Lord, you know that there are people under the sound of my voice that need to take that next step. Let today be a day of decision, a decision to follow you, a decision to repent, a decision to be baptized. Let today be the day that we fully accept this incredible gift of peace that you have given us. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.